Hello, this is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. And this is End Parenting Radio, episode number 42, I think. Oh, you just said you didn't know what number it was. It's a guess. Okay. They all, one runs into the other one. It does. Um, we are brought to you by Avid and Poofin, and we'll be giving them a, a few quick moments at the end of the show. And today we are going to be talking about what to do with uncomfortable <laughs> moments. You're starting to get like a radio voice. That's right. It happens with experience. You know, you're like flowing from one thing to the next. That's right. It's called transition. So what to do with uncomfortable moments. So I think we're going to talk about what your blog is on Chicago Parent and kind of run with that. Okay. Why don't you explain what you write about? Um, you mean as a whole or this blog? This blog, I think it's important that you kind of say the story because I think people like to hear stories. Okay. So like you said, you were talking about <clears throat> that we're going to talk about on the show, uncomfortable communication. Is that what you said? What did you say? What to do with uncomfortable moments. Uncomfortable moments. Well, I would take that a step further and say sometimes it's uncomfortable communication and bringing up um, bringing up things with our family when it feels difficult or when it when we're afraid to bring something up. For example. For example. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure everyone knows what we're talking Everybody about. Everybody gets it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I wrote an article about how last week when you were out of town – I was rushing JC along because we had to get, I had to drop her off at Noreen's. Hi, Noreen. And at, I had to be at work at 8.30. 8.30. Okay. And so I was rushing her along because she takes a long time. Yes. She spaces out. Well, she kind of just walks around the house doing her own thing in the yeah, morning. Yeah, like she'll be getting ready for 10 minutes and she will be no further than <laughs> yes. she was 10 minutes ago. And so we kind of know that about her. You know, that's kind of always, she observes what's going on. So she'll like stand in a doorway and just kind of stare and at I people. And I don't know if you said, this is JC we're talking about. Yes, this is my oldest. And so my other two are kind of... She's eight. She's eight. And my other two are kind of going through their motions and getting ready for school and they get, the, you know, they're moving along. But JC, I kind of have to keep saying, keep getting ready, keep getting ready. Move it along. So I, Todd wasn't there, so I had to be a little more forceful than usual, just like staying on her about it. And when we got in the car, it took her a while to get in the car. The other two were in the car. And so I was trying to breathe and be like low key about it because I didn't, you know, I was already running late and I got a ticket last week for driving fast. Remember that? what's funny is you leave about 10 minutes before I do. Um, So you're going to teach at Dominican (laughs) University. Yes. And you left about 10 minutes before I did. And then I dropped. That day I wasn't late. Was I late that day? I'm guessing you were a little oh, late. Okay. And the reason I think that you're late is because as I was driving the girls to school, I said, oh, no, somebody got a ticket. And then as I got closer, <laughs> I said, oh, that car looks familiar. And as I got really close, I said, that's our car. That's Mama. And I said, hey, everybody, look at Mama. She got pulled over by a police car. <laughs> and, you know, I'm laughing now. Obviously, I didn't think it was funny in the moment. Um, because he, I actually think it was a gift. He kind of woke me up. I wasn't really like flying down the road or anything, but I was listening to music very loud and kind of going through, you don't like the way I stop at stop signs. I think I stop enough, but he did not think so. It's barely a rolling stop. Well, I kind of stop, but then I... No, you don't stop. (laughs) You slow down. You go from like 35 to 18 miles an hour. No cars anywhere. Yeah. And you know what happens if a police officer sees that? I got pulled over. I am taking Were ownership. Were there no cars that morning? Or was there a car there possibly looking and observing of how... Well, I music was loud too. So either way... And you get mad at me for listening to headphones in the car, but right. you blast your music. How is that different? Right. You sound frustrated at me. Are you frustrated? You're like kind of yelling at me. I think this is my avenue to get a little my aggression out. <laughs> I guess so. You're like yelling at me. I... I took complete responsibility. The police officer came up to the car and said, 
you know, where are you going? And I said, you know what? I'm going to work and I don't even, and the reason I know I wasn't late because I said to him, I'm not even late because he said, are you in a hurry? Mm-hmm. You know how cops always say that. I think you should have said yes. Maybe you would have gotten out of well, it. Well, I just agreed with them. I was like, you know what? I think you're annoying a lot of people out there because you said you were glad that you got pulled no, over. No, that's that you, not what I said. What'd you say? I said, I did, I was said I was upset when I got pulled over, but now in, in the moment when he pulled me over, I wasn't like, thank you. I want oh. a ticket. But I was like, I agreed with what his assessment was. You didn't fully stop at that stop sign. Right. You know, right. I can say, well, in my eyes it is, but obviously because I hear from you that it's not all the time, I'm right. like, okay. And he's like, and you know, there's kids going to school right there and you know, you want to make sure you're going 25 and it, it, I was just like, okay, what can I say? You know, I and then you took, called me, then I called you and said, where's our insurance card? And it was in there. Was it really? Yes, it you was. Found it, well, he was very nice about that part. He's like, because I had all the other insurance He's, he's like, I could, I could write you up for three or four different things. Right. And he was very kind. And because I think if I'm going to assess this, I don't think what I did was really that awful. I didn't mm. stop at a stop sign. Right. And then, then I think you were, uh, he was tailing you for a little while until you That was realized. the other thing because I was listening to music. He was, he had been tailing me for two blocks, which I kind of retraced those steps in my car. Right. And it really wasn't that far. Right. It was you know, two blocks. It was two blocks, but... And then it's I pulled like 20 over. Twenty seconds. But that was the, where the music got in the way because he's he thought I was in a hurry, but really I was singing. That um, was the problem. My dad uh, said when I was little that girls don't know how to use their mirrors. I don't think that's true. I, I even uh, do the what's that thing to move the mirror? You adjust it. <laughs> <laughs> you adjust it. <laughs> um, yes, I do. That adjust is not it. true. Um, I'm sure plenty of guys out there don't use their right. mirrors either. But that morning you weren't because that, you were singing. Well, I was singing and I was driving straight. Well, so there would not be a necessity to use my mirror in that moment, correct? I think in driver's ed, they do tell you to check your mirrors every, you know, you know, 10 seconds or so just to check. Well, two going. blocks, 10 seconds. And then I did. Then you're going like 75 miles an hour <laughs> if you're going two blocks and seconds. Okay. We're so getting off That's track. all right. This is funny though. <laughs> this is good. So anyway... So I got pulled over, whatever, got to work a little late, told all my students, I teach at this, I teach this university class and I told them all what happened and then asked them how to handle it. Cause I was like, has anyone else gotten a ticket here lately? All these hands went up. So, you know, anyway, that was that. But this situation, my whole point in bringing that up was that I didn't want to speed. I wanted to be caught, you know, thoughtful about what I was doing. And so I needed JC to move it along. So when we got in the car, I was frustrated. And instead of being quiet and just breathing, I started asking her a bunch of questions, Mm -hmm. which us parents tend to do. Um, I said, honey, why don't you, you know, lay out your clothes at night? And why don't you, you know, why does it take you so long to eat breakfast? And I started asking her all these things that I already know the answer to. I was just annoyed. And what I, what here, I used my mirror in this situation because she was kind of quiet. So I looked in my mirror and looked back at her and she had her knees up to her chest and she was looking out the window and I could tell she felt bad. Sad or mad or you A didn't know. A little of both. I didn't know. I didn't know. And all I knew is that she looked like she felt, it could have been that she was annoyed that I was bringing it up or it could have been the fact that she knew that she takes a long time, but she doesn't, she's always been that way. Right. It's like saying, why are you who you are? Right. You know? But in that moment, I was frustrated. So I dropped her off at school, gave her a kiss. And when she went in, and, you know, Cameron went in fine. When she went in, I could tell she was bombed, you know. And what a crappy way to start start out the day. day. So I got in the car and drove to work. And I started thinking to myself, how can I do this differently? Mm Because this is a a constant issue. Mm -hmm. And instead of groaning and moaning about it all the time and making it all her fault, what can I do? So I thought about that, and then, you know, in the article that I write for the blog column, I cut to the chase, and when I get home, I pick her up, and it was like she, you know, I pick her up from school, and it was like she had forgotten, sure. because she was in a good mood. she probably did. Yeah, she probably dropped it for that moment. But I felt like it still needed to be discussed for mm-hmm. two reasons. Number one, 
because we do need to figure out a better way to manage the morning. Right, the so, practicality. The practicality. Of it. And number two, because I want with my children to not pretend that we had issues. Right. I don't want to sweep things under the rug and pretend, okay, I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen. She forgot about it. I forgot about it. Because it's not true. Which I think is uh, the way a lot of parents deal with it. Like, oh, that could have gone better. Yet they, after the fact, like, oh, she's better. So everything's fine now. Oh, she forgot about it anyway. She forgot about it. You know, she forgot about it or he forgot about it. So I'm just going to move on. If I bring it up, it'll cause a problem Mm -hmm. again. And my belief system is very opposite. I think that even if it's uncomfortable to bring it up again, that is how I teach my children to deal with conflict mm-hmm. and to also be able to have an opportunity to share their piece of, you know, their mind. Like, right. because, what do you think about it? Because when in the car, when you were asking her, can we do this? Can we do that? Was she answering you or was she no. kind of dismissive? Or? She had her, she, like I said, she had her knees pulled up towards her chest and she was annoyed. I mean, she just was quiet, you know, kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. And I wasn't trying to make her, my, my heart intention was not to make her feel bad. I just wanted to solve the problem, quote unquote. But what I ended up doing was making her feel bad. And she obviously felt guilty. And, um, and like I said, this isn't the first time this has happened. So I really wanted to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And she and I laid down and we talked about it. And I basically said to her, I didn't like the way I left you at school today. You seemed bummed. I seemed bummed. And I don't want either of us to start school that way. Mm -hmm. And in the moment, I couldn't say that to her at school when I dropped her off because I was still frustrated, right? right? So I had to wait till the end of the day Mm -hmm. to bring it up to her. Did you carry any of that during the day or did you forget about it too? You know, it was a mixture of two things. Number one, I knew I was going to bring it up when I got home. So you were able to carry it. Yeah, you didn't carry it. Because I was like, when I get home, I'm going to ask her about this. So it didn't weigh on my shoulders. Um, and I didn't worry about it mm-hmm. because I, it wasn't an issue to worry about because I knew we were going to handle it. Right. So it kind of was, I didn't even think about that. But Which that is was, good. Which is actually, yeah. you know, you knew that it was going to be addressed. So you were able to let it go instead of it bog your day down. Right. Like it just, I was like, okay, I'll bring it up when we, when I come home. Um, so that's what I wrote about and just that. And, and what was her react? Did she... Did she kind of cheer up as you were talking to her well, in the afternoon? Or? <laughs> she was engaged. I mean, she was kind of affirming that, yes, she was annoyed. Mm-hmm. Wait, I have to cough. Hold on. <coughs> Say something smart. Um, I am very smart. Okay. She said, you know, she was affirming that she did want to talk about it and that she was frustrated. And, and I basically just opened up the door for how can we make this easier. And I think the thing that's important, though, is I don't really know, honestly, if we solve the problem. Meaning there's part of this that's just part. It's a little bit of just who she is. Right. Even if I got her up 20 minutes earlier, then she'd have more time to mill around. Right. You know? Yeah, because I was going to say the practical <laughs> part of me is, okay, I'm going to, you know, and I've done this before. We're picking out clothes the night before, and we I'm waking you waking you guys up ten minutes earlier because I don't like starting the day frustrated either. So I do feel like there are some practical things you can do to address this to allow it not to happen. There are, and I'm open to those things. Like, but I feel like those are things we need to discuss with her. Mm-hmm. You know, and and sometimes I do get her up a little earlier. You know, it's kind of a mixed bag. But I think my you know, what I was writing about and what I think is most important is part of it is coming up with new solutions. And part of it is just confronting something that's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and not confronting like confrontation, but 
dealing with it mm -hmm. instead of picking her up and being fake and being like, hi, mm -hmm. oh yeah, we're okay. Saying, you know what? You know, I let her come home and hang out for a few minutes. I said, you know what? I didn't like the way this morning started. Did you? And being a human being with her mm -hmm. instead of, yeah, you, yeah, I want you to feel crappy and I win and you know, speaking of, I didn't tell you this. I was at the bookstore this weekend when I was in Santa Fe, mm -hmm. and there is a new Stephen Covey book oh. called The Third Solution. Okay. And it's all about how to create win-wins in your life with your family. Mm. And he doesn't, he uses the word win-win, but it's very, it's got a spiritual undertone to it. And it's fantastic. Oh, okay. And I meant to tell you about it because I was reading it as I was standing there. But I guess my point is, is I, that really resonated with me because I think as parents, we often think we need to win. Mm -hmm. I, I am certainly a victim of that. There are times when my ego gets involved and it's a power struggle and I don't want to lose this power struggle because I'm the parent. And there are times when I have to be, Hey, this is daddy's rules and that's the way it goes. But there are times when it's not that important, yet I still want to win. Right. And that's not healthy. And don't you think you're kind of unconscious at those times? Yes, I am. I am lost in ego. You're like, okay, I'm going to keep going until I win this argument. And a lot of times, you know, when I talk to parents about this, they'll say, well, that's how I was parented, so I'm going to do this. But then I'll say, how did you feel when you were a kid and you were parented that way? Well, it didn't feel good. Well, you know, it's Dr. Phil thing. How's right. that working out for you then? Right. You know, like, why are you using something that doesn't feel good with your own kids? Right. And you really have to question those things, you know, and, and then we get into this all this role playing that parents have to win that that's how you teach kids and i'm telling you if there's we there's so many things todd and i like to share on this show but one thing i know for sure is to teach a child to live a full life and to be a full person and to trust themselves is not to overpower them right if you overpower them you strip their power that's a short term solution fix yeah that's a that fix. will come back to bite you in the butt later exactly if you can teach them how to talk about what they need how to share who they are how to communicate effectively instead of hiding how to you know fully trust their own instincts like you know the thing about jc taking a long time in the morning instead of telling her her she's wrong for milling around i just ask how can we make this work so we get on to, you know get there on time because Again, I've said this 12 times, but she's always done that. Right. Even as a baby, she would sit in a restaurant and stare at people. Right. She yeah. loves to watch. She's an observer. I don't know what she's going to do for a living, but it's going to have something to do with observing people. Well, lately, as, as you know, she's been saying she wants to look at rocks and crystals and do mm -hmm. geology or paleontology or something. So that so doesn't surprise me. I right. don't know if she'll really do that. Who knows? But, you know, she likes to look at things. Well, and here's the thing. Um, this uh, example that you just said is something very tiny in the grand mm -hmm. scheme of things. Like, what would have happened if you never talked about it with her? Probably Probably very little, but I think we can use this as an example for even when bigger things happen, because I think the bigger it is, maybe the even more difficult it is to bring it up afterwards. I agree, but I will say one thing, okay. uh, and I say this in the article, is you're right. This is not a huge thing, and maybe she had let it go, maybe, it, you know, whatever, but those little things build up Add over up. time. Yeah, the little things are the big things. And then you don't know why you're frustrated anymore. Mm -hmm. Then you're like, you do these little things happen over time, and we don't confront them, we don't deal with them, and then all of a sudden we're just pissed off all the time at mm -hmm. this person and we don't even know why so if we can deal with the little things maybe the big things won't happen but right. to your point i know what you're trying to say that you know sometimes the big things are harder right to bring up yeah more challenging um you you were telling me a story about how one of the women that you um yeah at a presentation at a presentation she had something that went on with her daughter and you're like well why don't you talk to her about it and she's like oh that happened two months ago right and and you said I said so. Yeah. Like, why <laughs> is it because it happened? To, and like some people would be like, well, if it happened two months ago, then it's not worth bringing back up. And this was something that was kind of not serious, but 
It was pretty big. It yeah. was pretty big. So it's never too late. But what I was when we we're talking before the show is the longer you wait, I think the harder it becomes. I agree. So you know, time is of the essence, and you waited six hours or whatever it was to deal with it with JC. Uh, but having said that, it's never too late to bring it up. Right. So I, again, like you said, it can be more uncomfortable if you wait. But this issue that this woman was telling me about was pretty significant. And she's like, well, it's been two months. Time has passed. So we're just going to move on. And I thought, but why? Like, mm-hmm. why can't you go into your child's room that night and lay on the bed or say, I want to take you out to get a muffin? Or, you know, there's all sorts of ways to, to create time together and say, I want to talk about something that's been bothering me. Mm-hmm. You take responsibility for it. You don't right. say. This is not something that is, is a result of something they did. Right. This is something that has been bothering me. You. Yes. It's been bothering me. So I want to bring it up again because I don't feel I handled it correctly, mm-hmm. A, or B, I don't feel like we came to an agreement. Right. Or C, I feel like I'm noticing that it might still be bothering you. Right. But you got to take responsibility for it because if you put it on them and say, well, let's talk about this because you need to talk about this, they're going to say, no, I don't. Right. But if you can come in and say, um, you know, I- I'm struggling with the way I'm feeling about this. Can we bring this up again? And like I said, you may not come to a solution. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's different for everybody. But I think the second piece here is not just the solution. It's that you deal with your issues. You deal with your issues and you don't put it on them. This is actually a good transition into me, although we don't have a mission statement for this show. But I said it two weeks ago um, and I got it off of Facebook, Parent to Parent University. The best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. So in that example with this woman, she could have handled, let's say she did bring it up, but she brought it up in a way saying, hey, we need to deal with this because you made a mistake two months ago. Right. And then she'd be like, uh, the kid would be like, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. The little kid would have said, no, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Right. And then you go on. Instead, this woman, if she were going to do it the way we would have handled it, and who knows what happened. Maybe she did. Maybe she didn't. All you can do is kind of help them. Put the information out there. Put the information out there. This is something that is bothering me. Take responsibility for my own emotions and instead of, you know, put it on <clears throat> the other kid's emotions. Right. And and again, when you say this is something that's bothering me, the kid will probably say, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But, you know, because they, they don't want to deal with it. Right. Mm-hmm. But you say, I'm not worrying about it. But I want to make sure that, you know, this topic is always open to discuss and that I want to share in a different way with you. It's not about getting the kid's uh, to forgive you. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though that may come too, right. you know, it's not about, you know, saying, Oh, I just need your forgiveness. It's really just sharing whatever, you know, like the, the small situation with that I just shared with JC, or if you maybe yelled or say, said something awful to your awful to your child and it's been bothering you for a week. Yes. You go back to them and say, listen, mm-hmm. I was feeling angry. I was feeling upset And I said something to you that was so inappropriate, and I am so sorry, because then right there it heals. Mm -hmm. And then the child doesn't, it doesn't pile on top of all the other issues and become this thing and, you know, something they take into adulthood and all these things, you know. Well, and suppressed emotion, you know, for the Tolly fans out there, there's a word out there called pain body. Right. And in my definition, a pain body is suppressed emotion from before that ends up inhibiting your ability to be fully yourself. It kind of all those times accumulate yeah, and they become they like build, this big mass. They build on each other. So any suppressed emotion, negative emotion, I right. guess. I don't know if you can suppress good emotion, can you? Well, sure, because some people won't even allow themselves to be happy. Yeah, I guess. So so basically it comes back to 
Feel your feelings. Feel your feelings. And I got a great, um, I met this wonderful like medicine man guy this weekend when we were in Santa, Santa Fe. And one uh, thing that he shared that meant so much to me is he talked about emotions. And he talked about that anything we feel is energy, mm-hmm. energy in motion. Mm-hmm. And if we don't keep our emotions moving, mm-hmm. it gets stuck. Right. So isn't that a great visual? Right. Like uh, in a physics type abs- thing. Yeah, it's more scientific. It's more scientific than we think. We think it's just, oh, I'm going to feel differently. It, and it doesn't mean you have to wallow in it it means deal with it like right before we started the show i was having all sorts of feelings about something and i just needed to talk about it for 10 minutes with you it really had nothing to do with you i just needed you to listen sounding boards and i needed to get it out of my system Mm -hmm. it's almost like coughing or you know i need to say this because it's in talk you know it's in my mind Mm -hmm. and um and it's the same thing with our kids instead of walking around wondering why do they say this why do they do this let's ask them right let's talk about it let it out there. Um, it's funny. You went to New Mexico with mm-hmm. four of your best friends. Right. And I was on. I mean, I had a babysitter a little bit, but I was kind of on for four days. Mm-hmm. And this is a message to the husbands. One is, it's it's one thing, it's weird. When the kids are now older, they're four, six, and eight. Right. So it's easier when you go. It was much harder when it was zero, when two, and four. Mm-hmm. But... Um, one thing is, I remember that there was a time when, you know, before you did these long weekends, when you were first starting your whole mom thing, I didn't realize how hard it was to be on 24 hours a day yeah. for three or four days. And I would encourage all husbands out there, and I know they're probably going to kill me for saying this, so <laughs> but I don't care what you think about me. It's none of your business. Tell your wife. Yeah, it's it's none of my business <laughs> of what you guys think about me. Tell your wife to go book a three-day weekend with their girlfriends. Yeah. And be on. I mean, maybe there's a lot of dads out there that have already done it. But if you haven't, do it. Because what it will do is, one, you are making deposits into your wife's emotional bank account. And when you want to go away for a weekend, it, it will be much easier for you to make that request. Mm-hmm. Uh, but secondly, it will give you an appreciation for how hard it is to be around little kids for an extended period of time. Oh, without break. Without a break. And I know there's a lot of dads out there that do that. And there's a lot of dads out there that don't. And if you guys do it, it will improve the quality of your marriage or your family and everything else because it's not like you do it every weekend but you your your wife needs a break or if maybe if it's a stay-at-home dad and it's a working mom Mm -hmm. mom tell your husband to go golfing for three days Mm -hmm. it will it will inject energy into your marriage into your family and everything else well and i found it interesting because this last day that i was gone you got sick you got a fever and there have been so many times that you've had to travel you travel for work so i'm with the kids you know, most of the time. most of the time that I've been sick or if pregnant had morning sickness, and it's ten times harder to be with the kids when you're not feeling good. Yeah. And so, in no way did I want you to be sick, and I wasn't. I was actually very sad about it, but I knew that you could handle it because I had handled it right. before. Yeah. Meaning, you... it wasn't a well. Now you get a taste of you know. Blah, it wasn't like a passive aggressive thing. It was like you know what? I know what he's going to have to do. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to maybe use some TV. Yep. He's going to have to lay in bed and get some games, but he can do it. We watch more tv than we typically would have they i think i'm more of the uh um non-tv guy the non-tv parent not that you know they watch you know during school they barely they watch, watch any at all, at all. Yeah. but uh, on the weekends they watch some tv and they probably watch a little bit more than usual just because uh, from saturday to sunday night i was kind of sick so. yeah and then friday i didn't tell my story about friday I went to the Smashing Pumpkins concert. Oh, yeah. And I was lucky enough to get backstage after the show. And Billy Corgan is... Smashing Pumpkins are my favorite band of all time. And Billy Corgan is... You know, I've seen them play a bunch of times. (gasps) Even more than The Doors. Well, Pumpkins and The Doors. Okay. 
uh, and I met him. And it was really so kind of cool. cool and surreal, but normal. And it's funny. Afterwards, I thought of something really cool to say. But what? I, well, he, they played a song called For Martha, which is a song to uh, his mom who was dying of cancer at the time. And I've seen them play so many times, but they've never played that song. Uh-huh. And it was just a really awesome song. I know that song because you've played it for me. And um, I, after I was done, I'm like, oh, I wish to – instead, I just said I enjoyed your show. And um, – Kind, you know, as a lot of people think of him as somebody who might be in a bad mood most of the time, uh-huh. but he was nothing but pleasant towards oh, me. So. That's fantastic. What, yeah. a, what a great for the rest of your life. It was great. My buddy Mike Phillips, who went with me, he actually had the opportunity to go backstage, and he said, no, I want Todd to go. Oh, thanks, Mike. He's a sweetheart. Yeah, that's a really nice thing to do. So we're off track, but also I think that we're doing pretty well. Okay, well, no, no, that's a fantastic story to share. And just to kind of sum up what we've been talking about today about mm. dealing with um, you know communication, difficult moments, I think the thing that's so important, and again, go to my Chicago Parent uh, blog to read this article. Um, it's the one that's from this week. And because the, the something that I focus on is our job as the adult, our job as the parent is to be the teacher of communication. Yes. It doesn't mean that, um, that we let our kids walk all over us or be in charge or tell us what to do. It means we initiate conversation when things are difficult. Somebody's got to. Someone's got to do it. Right. And if you're waiting for them to do it, you, you might not have to wait long, but possibly you might wait forever. You might. And then you're kind of in that I need to win thing again. Mm-hmm. We brought these children into the world or we adopted them or we have them. And we we need to give them the gift of teaching communication rather than they should understand how to talk to an adult about an adult's issues. Right. And I think a lot of parents out there be like, well, I'm not going to do it because they're the one that started it. I mean, that Come sounds on. funny to say. I know. There's a lot of parents out there oh, yeah. that do that. My child owes me an apology. My mm-hmm. five-year-old child owes me an apology. And to me, that's about inner work. Mm-hmm. That's about self-awareness. That's the, the parent loving themselves so they don't need to take that from their child. Well, and that's a good preview for next week because I think, we're not certain, but we might be talking about forcing apologies. Forcing apologies, yeah. So when you basically say your kid did something to harm another kid, you say, you go say sorry or else. And right. So we'll and talk we have about some it. opinions on that. Yeah. So just, you know, you can listen next week. So um, Which is the chapter of your book that talks about... About what we talked about today. Well, kind of. I have a chapter in my second book, uh, Self-Aware Parent 2, which has the 23 lessons. I have one called Guiding Mistakes, which is about where JC um, may, you know, it, it was about their behavioral system in the class and how she was really struggling with if she did something wrong, what did that mean if she moved from green to yellow or right. yellow to red. And it just, I when I realized she was uptight about it, I initiated a conversation about it and said, let's talk about what it means to make a mistake and what do you think what do you think happens when you make a mistake? And it was kind of uncomfortable. She didn't know what to say. And I, I didn't want to tell her necessarily that, yeah, go out there and make a ton of mistakes. But I also want to give her a, enough space to know that mistakes are normal. Right. So in my second book, uh, it's called Guiding Mistakes. And I just encourage people to read it. Where can you get that book from? Um, Amazon.com. Amazon. Let me write that down. A-M-A. <laughs> just kidding. Sorry. Or com or crayonscanfly.com, as in crayons that you write with. That's a uh, website connected to mine also. Awesome. So um, I want to talk about Poofin. Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay, so first of all, Poofin.com. Poofin is our fantastic sponsor, and they are this these beautiful plush pillows um, that have a hole right in the middle where you put charms 
uh, basically charms are these little pillows that have pictures on them that represent who your child is. And so once you have this poofin, once you get your initial poofin, and I recommend getting a gift set, by the way, so you get some charms with it, you, your child then can decide what kind of charms he or she wants to put in the poofin, and it becomes this amazing scrapbook, this amazing piece of who they are, this amazing piece of, um, it could even be like a show-and-tell type thing, mm-hmm. and, um, and tell them what so we've been doing. So here's the deal. Um, I can't stand shopping. Right. And I can't stand gift wrapping. Right. And what we've done in the past when we get a new birthday invitation, because it seems like one comes up every two weeks mm-hmm. now, I'd have, Three to go, kids, right? I'd have to go to the toy store. I'd have to go pick something that the kid wasn't going to like anyway. And I'd have to wrap it. You'd have to wrap it. Instead, we've been buying four or five at a time and just having our stock up of poofins. So ordering four or five poofins, you get a, a gift set. You uh, Gift sets. If you put in the coupon code POOFINGIFT4, you'll get, I think, 15% off. Which is one free one. Right. It's, it, it comes off to, like, one free one or 15% off. Bottom line, it's a really good deal. And then you also, I think, can put in Zen Charm, which gives you an additional um, discount off as so well. So one coupon code is POOFINGIFT4. The number four. And then Zen Charm. So is two this, coupon codes. I believe so. And then you get you get to choose your gift set. Right, and it's either boys or girls, um, blue or red or pink, and sh- they wrap it for you, and it's really, really awesome. So, like, we've had these birthday parties, and we just have this box in the basement with the poofins, and we just go grab one grab and Grab one, and you're done. I know, it's fan- and we can ship them. We shipped one to Ava. Yeah, you could ship it direct, or right. you can, we, most of, most of ours, we ship to our house because we're usually giving them at birthday parties, but you can ship them direct, too. So. Right, so it's really great. Um, what about Avid Company? Um, we need to post a picture of our house on our Facebook page, which is um, Zen Parenting Radio on Facebook, if you're not on there already, because our house is beautiful. And Avid has done all the work on it, and they are ahead of schedule, and they're on budget. So if you need any painting, remodeling, anything going on in your housing life, they can take care of it for you. 630-956-1800. Avidco.net. And here's our movie live. Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Let me help you with that. <laughs> Probably one of the easiest ones we've ever done. So please put your entry in Facebook for a new book. Zen Parenting Radio. So we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Have a great week.